0: But the Jordan Moore is going to be ministering to us. He's going to be preaching to us today. and I'm so thankful for that. I'm thankful for this young man who is we've seen grow up right before our eyes here at West Monroe and he's turned into a man of God, a minister. And um, you can go ahead and put your computer up here if you want your Bible, but you're not going to preach quite yet. We love Jordan, don't we? And he is, yeah, he is a part of the DNA that makes up Westminster Row Apostolic Church, and he always will be, but he's going to be leaving us here. This is actually his last Sunday here at West Monroe. So thankful Carly's here, his special friend, and they uh, he's going to be moving up closer to her. So say hello to Carly, but also you know, hit her and say, What are you doing to us? But we love them and we love JB, and he has affected lives here while he's been here year after year, leading people to Jesus. People, he's about people, he has a gift. The gift of ministry. He's a connector and he connects with people like hardly anyone I've ever seen. And we want to pray for him today before he, he preaches to us. And so I'm going to ask JB, if you would go down front and I'd ask for, uh, for our, our ministers to come brother, Justin, if you'd help us come, um, all those that are had an impact in J.B.'s life, and I think that's going to be all of us, all that would like to come. I'd invite you to come forward and pray for Brother Jordan. I'm going to give the microphone to our bishop, and he's going to pray uh, pray over him as well. And let's just pray a special prayer over J.B. today in Jesus' name. In the
1: name of Jesus, we come to this special moment today. Lord, we thank you for J.B. Moore. We thank you for this young man who, Lord, you brought him out of darkness into this glorious light. It was you, Lord Jesus, that found him, Lord. In the name of Jesus, you touched him by the grace of God and by the mercies of God and brought him out of darkness, Lord, and you are the one, Lord Jesus, Hallelujah, that has made this young man Holy Ghost-filled, baptized in your name, ready to do this work today in the name of Jesus Christ. He has a voice, Lord, for this hour. He has a voice for this generation, and I pray for him right now. I pray, Lord Jesus, as he ministers this morning, Oh, Jesus, you would anoint him in a mighty way. Lord, we know your word is already anointed, but let him feel, Lord, that grace of God, Lord, and let him feel that Holy Ghost touch, Lord Jesus, where your word goes forth. Hallelujah, with apostolic authority and apostolic wisdom. And so we pray for JB. We pray for all the transitions in his life. And we pray and plead the blood of the Lamb in the name of Jesus, God, that you will make a way for him. Carly, in the name of Jesus, we ask it today in Jesus' name. Let the Holy Ghost be felt today through J.B. Moore today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.
0: feel the love in the room can't you and we love brother jordan bernard andrew lee Moore, and we welcome him would you stand to your feet and would you welcome the man of god today brother jordan Moore.
2: praise the lord church can we direct that to jesus can we just lift up a shout unto the lord Amen, amen. My heart is full today. I just want to take a little bit of time, because y'all gave me a microphone, so, and just say that if it had not been for West Monroe, and the leadership, and those who are present in ministry, I would not be here today. I would not. And I just want to give honor to this church family, to every visitor that's come to hear this guy preach, and to Bishop, Pastor, and y'all lovely wives, for instilling in me, things that a young man needed. I'm grateful for y'all and I'm grateful for this church. Amen. And I felt this, it seems like the past month has been confirming this word that I feel to preach today, but I want to encourage somebody and I may repeat it a little later, but if you're in here today and feel that grace has run out, that is a lie from the enemy because there was more grace and grace abundantly for you today. If you're ready to receive it, God is ready to give it. In the name of Jesus, amen. If you have your Bibles, your swords, or if you have the app, your lightsabers, please turn with me to Mark 16, verse 15. And when you have it, say, I got it. Amen. I'm going to go ahead and read. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, everyone say, in my name, shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere. Everyone say everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. We see here in this chapter the ascension of Jesus, and you can be seated he is commissioning, which means authorizing or giving an order to his disciples to go and reach the world. I don't believe here today, West Monroe, he was just talking to them, but to us as believers and followers of him. He empowers them with strength and power in his name to be used to partake in miracles, signs, and wonders. I want to remind and tell someone today that there is power in that name to change your life. When you are baptized in his name, when you receive the blood of the one who holds that name and allowing that name to cover your life, there is a special transaction that happens when you give yourself to the one who gave it all. When the best gift, the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, enters your life, there is power in that name, Jesus, and you will never be the same again. Is anybody else thankful for that name today? What a privilege it is to know that name is on your life, to speak his name, to call on that name. Tis the sweetest name that I know, Brother Zelke. The disciples were called to action. So I'm going to give you all a little backstory on me. Growing up in the household I was in, I, would what you could, I was what you could consider poe. I'm not saying poor, but JB was poe. Most of my clothes was hand-me-downs for my big brother. As I was a big kid growing up, I was fitting in adult-sized clothes. Don't judge me. A brother liked to eat, okay? Food was from banks, shelters, and what government assistance could give us. The only time we had name brand was when we wanted to do something special in the home. Sorry, give me a moment. Most of the time, food was ramen noodles, fried bologna sandwiches, eggs before they were a car payment, a carton. (laughs) Kool-Aid when we could spare, name brand Kool-Aid with the oh yeah on the cover. But sugar water was the next best thing. In my household, most of my upbringing, my parents, which I'm thankful for my mom being here today, both my parents tried their best to make what they were given work. I am grateful for those moments, but when I was a preteen, a teenager, and all my friends started to get cell phones, I was the one without. And it made things hard for me, I'll be honest. I had clothes on my back, shoes on my feet, but no phone in my pocket. Everyone in Heron Middle School either had a flip phone, phones with a keyboard, and even some had the touchscreen. I had to be old school with all my friendships and relationships. Like, if I wanted to talk to my friends or spend a night at their house, I had to pick up my mama's phone and dial her number. My buddy Trudell is here today. There's a lot of times I had to use my mama's phone just to be over to come to the house. Or, you want to come over? He like, yeah. So... When it came to social media, I had a long time where I had to borrow someone else's phone just to make a post on Instagram, Snapchat, and if you're old school like me, Vine. Everyone remember Vine, the funny videos? It was hard times for me, and uh, Brother Odell, you can uh, attest, and some of the youth leaders here, I got on y'all nerves asking for your phone. (laughs) You know, especially when I thought I looked good, and wanted to post that selfie, you know. I was like, can I get your phone real quick, please? You know. So, you know, back in sixth grade, there was, and granted, I already warned her, so don't get on me. But in sixth grade, there was a girl who I dated for a couple weeks. You know, very serious. In my phoneless era. She thought I was cute. Girls back then didn't think I was cute. At that age, I was still trying to be a Power Ranger. So one night, I go to call this girl on my mama phone, and she picked up. You know, she had her own cell phone. You know, what a privilege that was. But as deep as my pre- pre-puberty voice could go, I go, "Sup, girl?" And she was like, "Hey." I'm like, "What you doing?" She was like, homework. I'm like, for sure, do that. You know, as soon as I got done, you know, trying to impress her with my deep, not deep Alvin and the Chipmunk voice, I took a deep breath, and I started to sing to her. Why did I get the idea to sing over the cell phone? But I did. I started singing, one, you're like a dream come, you know, the Brian McKnight song, (laughs) professing my love, to this girl, and after I got done, silence. And then you hear this girl let out the biggest laugh a sixth grade girl could make. To make it even worse, my mom overhears this and goes, does that little girl laugh at my baby? Uh Uh-uh. Ain't no little fast girl gonna make fun of my boy. Jordan Bernard, Angelique Moore, hang up my phone. And so I did what I was told because I was a good kid. See, back then, there was so much death to that phone call. How could the love of my life laugh at my sonnet of love? Why couldn't I just have my own phone so that my mama didn't have to embarrass me like that? I look back at this story and realize it wasn't as deep as I thought. I laugh about it because during that time, it wasn't funny. It was everything. So I ask this question today, do we treat the call of God the same? Whether it's a position in ministry God has placed on your heart, or the call to take a step and pray over a situation or someone, to to fast, to grow in our Bible reading and study, to give more, to give more of ourselves to him? Are we only serious in the moment we pick up heaven's telephone, but as the message gets done, the altar call is finished? Do we hang up that phone and go about our business and laugh it off? Have we forgotten the impact and depth of the moment when the Lord called you out of darkness just to go back like nothing ever happened? The call of the Lord should never be taken lightly. So if I can title my thought and lesson among this church body today, it is the power of a call or the call. The Israelites were without a king. They saw other nations with a human leader and were comparing themselves They were young at the time and were calling out to the prophet Samuel. Everyone say Samuel for a leader for their nation. They were envious and felt like if they had a king, they would appear stronger to their potential enemies. This is around 1 Samuel 8. I'm going to stop there and say what I got from this is when God is the king in your life, you shouldn't compare yourself to those outside of him. This world is only shelter, but it isn't our home. This world is temporary. It doesn't matter if they get to do this and they have that. But if God is the king in your life, you shouldn't have to be caught up in comparison. It's temporary. Everyone say temporary. So they complain, which displeased Samuel. Samuel went to the Lord and the Lord replied, it is not you they rejected, Samuel. It was me. Even despite this caution given by Samuel to Israel, they still complain. Be careful that your perception of others doesn't waver your faith. Don't have envy. Be careful because being jealous can lead you to denying God in your life. God finally gave in and told Samuel, listen to them and give them a king. God knew this plan was based on wrong motives and would lead to trouble, but allowed Saul to be given charge over Israel. There was power in that call that shifted Israel in a direction that would cause some demise. In 1 Samuel 9, we meet Saul, who was still living and working in his father's house. Saul was the son of Kish, a Benjamite. I probably said that wrong. But as Saul says, the smallest of the tribes of Israel and the least of those clans. Buddy was tall and he was handsome. On a search for missing donkeys, Saul encountered Samuel, who had been sent to meet him. Samuel, the next day after eating the day before, told Saul he was to be king and anointed him with oil. Samuel instructed Saul to leave town and to join up with a group of prophets in Gibeah for a time of worship. There, Saul was touched by God's spirit and prophesied with them. He then returned home to wait. Seven days later, Samuel gathered the nation of Mizpah. He announced that, according to their demands, God would be giving them a king. He singled out the tribe of Benjamin, then the clan of Kish, then Saul individually as the chosen king. Saul tried to hide. Everyone say Saul tried to hide among some nearby supplies, but God revealed him and the young man was presented to the assembly. Saul quickly became a leader, rescuing men at Jabesh Gilead, and called the people to worship the Lord for their success. He was then confirmed as king in his home of Gilgal. We see at the start of Saul's life in this position, he tried to hide, but eventually accepted the call. No matter how hard we try, when the Lord calls you, you cannot hide. We go to an NAYC, a revival, a camp meeting. We leave on fire for God. The Lord moved in every service. The sermons, the music, the notes you took have impacted you. You're convicted, you're challenged and hopeful for the future. But when life happens and the hype begins to fade, you begin to second guess that call. Last week, we got a reminder from pastor to remind hell who will prevail in the end. My favorite line was knowing who your daddy is. I know who mine is. Someone may have laid hands on you and told you you're going to do great things for the kingdom and to believe for it. Someone may have told you your family will be reached and your healing is on the way. You get home and then one thing after another, issue after issue arises. You get overwhelmed so you lose your faith. Your encouragement is out the window, and you feel stuck. You feel, why would you call me God when this is still going on around me? It's been months, Lord, years, etc. Why hasn't it happened? I want to encourage someone today, and I especially put this on my notes, and I said it a little bit before. Whether you are here today and you are sick or struggling mentally, know that God cares, and He hasn't forgotten about you. The Lord wants to give you peace and give you rest. It doesn't matter what they have said to you. It doesn't matter what they have done to you. There is a God who loves you today. Job had, one, had a one-on-one with the Lord after people close to him told him to curse him. I'm sorry that you are going through what you are going through, but God wants to bring you comfort here at an altar if you're ready. And if you're watching from home, know that God loves you too and will meet you where you are. If you are here today and feel bound by the mistakes in your past, there is a call to freedom by a Savior who died on a cross for you. The call is important and we cannot hide from it. Adam and Eve tried to hide in the garden in shame from their mistake and the Lord still called out to them. Yes, you can do your own thing and negate it, but that calling is on your life, West Monroe, whether you try to pursue it or not. Whether you are ready to receive it or not. Romans eleven twenty nine 29 says, for the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. Jonah and the whale, he was called, tried to run and boom, big fish. I don't know why Saul tried to hide. Did he doubt where he was from? Did he feel small despite being handsome and taller than everybody? Did somehow, way, he feel that before Israel complained, he wasn't supposed to be the king? I don't know, but I want to encourage somebody. He doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. That call on your life may seem too big to you or out of your capability, but you serve a God who will strengthen and shape you for that call if you let him. Amen. Prior to all this, God warned Israel through Samuel that this king would take their sons to be warriors and their daughters to be workers in the royal household. A king would also use their crops and livestock himself and make them his slaves, but they still called for a king. They eventually got what they ordered. Saul reigned for 42 years in Israel, and most of that time, Israel was at war. Saul started off great. He encouraged worship, but in the end, he got in his own way. He became disobedient to what the Lord had warned him not to do and what to do. You can read more about those in 1 Samuel 13 and 15. This caused a fracture in his relationship with the Lord. He struggled with his relationship being so tainted that he would eventually call for music to soothe him. So that led to a young man named David who in a little bit I'll talk about, to play and sing for the king. The rest of Saul's story is a sad one. Being relentless in jealousy because of his shortcomings and the knowledge of losing his kinship, he pursued to hurt David, trying to put his best friend, Saul's son Jonathan and daughter, against David. He hunted David like a wild animal. He became destructive and manic, and it would lead to Israel being defeated and both him and his son would die. We see a parallel of Israel complaining of not having a king. Saul, the king they were given, became disobedient by denying God's purpose and assignment. The parallel is this. They both ignored the call of warning. They ignored who really is in charge, and they got in their own way. Don't get in your own way. When the Lord has told you something, it's best to obey. James 4 6 says, But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. First Kings 2 2 and 3 says, I go the way of all the earth, be thou strong therefore, and show thyself a man, and keep, everyone say, Keep the charge of the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes and his commandments and his judgments, and his testimonies. As it is written in the law of Moses that thou mayest prosper in all that thou doest, and whatsoever, whithersoever thou turnest thyself. The skin our soul stays in West Monroe, we have to deny it. The call of the purpose of God is too important to let this get in the way. Most know the story of David and Sister G talked about it a little bit in the last song, but for those who don't know, here are some quick notes on David. He was anointed to take Saul's spot as king. He was a man after the heart of God. He tended sheep, fought lions, wolves, bears, oh my, to defend his sheep. David challenged Goliath, an enemy of Israel, as Goliath challenged God's people. Other men of war were scared, but David heard the call as he was delivering food to his siblings on the battlefield, and he took up the challenge. You never know when an opportunity to witness will come or to serve, but when it does, do it. When others won't, see the need, feel the need. David was just called to deliver food, but when he saw the need, he took advantage King Saul tried to give David his armor, but it wouldn't fit. I love this because it wasn't the time for him to take the spot of king. So it's funny that in that time, he couldn't fit the armor of the the current king. But eventually, he would be put in that position. Like Joseph having a dream, David's promise and call was ahead of him. But before he could step in that call and wear that title, There had to be preparation and challenges for him before he could step in. See, when God is in the promise and call, he will bring you through and have opportunities for you to grow into that promise and for that call. David killed Goliath with a slingshot, cut off uh, Goliath's head, and was victorious. David's power and might came from God and was kept because he was prepared we can take this small part of David's story to our lives. We need to strive to be prepared for the moment when the call comes into fruition and when the need is there. The lives of our loved ones, the lives of those who don't know the love of Jesus, our friends, our co-workers are in jeopardy if we aren't living our life in preparation for the call of God. When we don't pursue how are we going to be the generation that will see lives change when we don't have a conversation? Eternity is only a moment away, so don't take for granted the moment to accept the call. Second Timothy 4, 2 Timothy 4.2 says, Preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Now is not the time to go back to the old way and the old you. The disciples had a moment where they went back to doing what they knew, fishing. Jesus appeared to them and gave them a challenge. John twenty-one fifteen through 18 says, So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto them, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto them, feed my sheep. He saith unto them the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he saith unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto them feed my sheep. Very verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself, and walkest whether thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee whether thou wouldest not. It is time to go all in, folks. It is not just the time to be a Christian. It is not just time to be apostolic. It is not just time to be X, Y, and Z. It is time to be his. So I'm going to take a moment here. If you have your cell phones, I need you to take them out. We've done this here a couple times. But if any of this, what I preach, has resonated with you, I want you to take your phone out, take a selfie, and post the caption, I will be what I'm called to be, or I will answer. The year was 1997. A woman was distraught and frantic as she would receive a diagnosis that her pregnancy would have some complications. Her baby boy would be born with a high chance of being mentally disabled and have spina bifida. She had seen enough trouble in her life, and this was another situation that broke her. This was another weight too hard to bear. She has been through enough pain to cover multiple people. She was just one woman with so much wrong done to her. From bouncing to home to home, being abused by her family physically and the other To the drug abuse she put on herself trying to escape the memories and pain of those who hurt her. To being affiliated with the Vice Lords, one of the most notorious gangs in Chicago, and having to do things to live like give herself. She had been hurt by so many relationships she has been in, already struggling to take care of two kids of her own from two different situations she was going through. This woman had a breaking point. So she ran and knocked on a door. A lady answered and asked this woman, how could she help? The woman replied, I don't know what to do. My baby is in trouble. She explained the diagnosis to the woman, sobbing, hopeless. The lady, after hearing this, told the woman, let's pray. This woman didn't know it, but the door she knocked on was of a woman of faith. She laid hands on this woman, and the Lord spoke through her and said, the baby will be fine and will do great things for the kingdom of God one day. Fast forward to the birth, there were still complications. The baby was born prematurely. Had to be flown to St. Louis Hospital. But fast forward to today, the baby that is in this story is the one that is preaching to you today. I am living proof of what God will do with a willing vessel. If Miss Phyllis, who was the woman that prayed for my mom, would have shut the door, if she would have gone about her business, I would not be here today. The call of God should never be taken lightly. I stand here today to tell someone that the Lord is calling out to you. The Lord is calling out to you. Brandon, the call of God is too important. The call of God is too important. Brother Zelke, if it had not been for the call, Like I said, I would not be here. I'm thankful for someone who will accept the call. Your healing is here at the altar. That burden you have for that ministry, this is the way to shape it. When you're instant in and out of season, a relationship with the altar is one of the main things that will keep it. It is time to accept the call, West Monroe. I don't know who is in here today. When you get up here, the past doesn't define you. The blood does. I'm opening up this altar. If you feel that is for you, please don't hesitate. In Jesus' name. Ooh yeah Lord, we love you, Jesus.